0: This is the Franchise Academy podcast, got a great episode coming at you. We actually have an expert in business outside the franchise industry to give us some really great nuggets. So Barry Maltz is going to give us a couple of really good things to think about.
1: You could have profits on a piece of paper, but if you have no cash in the bank, that's what makes your business grow. That's what makes you be able to draw money out and support yourself is the cash flow and understanding the difference is
0: really key. Wow, we have a lot of good stuff coming at you. Barry gets small businesses unstuck. Barry gets business owners growing again by unlocking their forgotten potential. So he has decades of entrepreneurial experience himself. He has his own business ventures as well as consulting countless other entrepreneurs. He's written six books to date. He's got many more coming down the road. So stay tuned. Got a lot of good stuff coming at you from Barry Maltz. And here we go. The Franchise Academy podcast. It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarta. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. I have an old friend of mine, Barry Moss, with me. Just a great guy, and we hit it off when we first met at the publicity summit, Steve Harrison's publicity summit in New York City. Oh my God, that had to be about four years ago. So Barry has um, a great radio show called the Small Business Radio Show out of Steve Chicago. Harrison's. The radio show is on five, was eight twenty in Chicago? It has six books. His latest book is How to Get Unstuck: Twenty Five Ways to Get Your Business to Grow Again. So. Gary, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me. You know, and I had six books, but my wife hasn't read any of them. She says,
0: I live with you. That's enough. I know all those stories, she said. My wife, too. Funny stuff. It's great to have you on. What got you going with this latest book, How to Get Unstuck?
1: Well, I find that a lot of small business owners, they get their company to a certain point, and it's not as successful as they hoped it would be, but it's not so unsuccessful they have to go do something else and they don't know how to make it better so they're stuck and usually people have been in business for three to five years and they're usually stuck around one of five core principles they're usually stuck in sales and marketing or management and leadership or the customer experience or cash flow or productivity and so I help them get unstuck in those areas and try to move forward because when, as you know, the famous expression, when you're inside the bottle,
0: sometimes it's hard to read the label on the jar. So that's what I help them with. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you work specifically with small businesses and any, any industries specific?
1: No, not at all. I mean, I was just with a client yesterday that is in the, they, what they do is they wash out hazardous waste totes. So, you know, a lot of businesses are really similar. And I think a lot, many times, Tom, when you're not in the business, you can actually help more because you have an outside perspective.
0: Yeah, there's no question about it. I, I often hire coaches myself to help me with all the little things that I do. So I totally appreciate that. You're based in Chicago, but you work with people all over the country, right?
1: Right. I'm on an airplane every single week. That is something that's required in my marriage. Um, I have to be gone one or two nights a week.
0: The key to a happy marriage is not being home every night. So that's what's worked for the last 30 years. Yeah, I agree. When my wife and I were working before we got into franchising, she was a New York City police officer and I was a transit worker in the subway. We worked opposite hours. Now we're married 31 years, so I guess it worked. It worked. (laughs) Everyone needs a little bit of space, you know? Yep, yep. No question. So what's the worst kind of entrepreneurial story that you've heard or maybe that you've experienced yourself that you were able to?
1: Well, you know, worst, there's a lot of worst stories. I mean, my own personal story is that I worked for IBM for 10 years. I then left to become vice president of sales for one of my clients in a computer consulting organization. I was then fired and then I said, well, I'm going to start my own thing. But my first business, I went out of business. My second business, I was kicked out of business by my two partners. And fortunately, in my third business, I was able to sell it, pay back the bank, uh, the $1.3 million, make a bunch of money. And then my wife said, Mm-mm, we're done. If you want to stay together, you better go do something else.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you weren't expecting to get kicked out of your own business by your partners. What, what was that about?
1: What was it about? I had found these two gentlemen in the classified section of the Chicago Tribune and and it's probably a good idea if you're looking for a boat or a car, if you wanna go to the classified sections, but not a good place to find business partners. And they decided after a year that I wasn't the kind of business partner they wanted to have and they wanted to bring someone else in and resell my shares for a bunch more money. I'm happy to report that a year later they went out of business. So not that
0: I'm revengeful, but you know, it's a good ending to the story. Yeah, no, that's a great. That's you know, things always work out, and and that's probably well, one of the biggest things that we learn in entrepreneurialism. Yeah, for sure. So, what are you most excited about right now? That's happening in your business.
1: Well, what's, what I'm most excited about now is that you know, when when businesses grew in the past, they most people felt they had to add people in order to grow their business, and, and as we know, people are expensive. But with all of the cloud technologies, it's a lot easier to grow with intelligent automation. So to put together the right process, the right tools that really can supercharge your people to get more profit. And I think as we put more AI into small businesses, it's really going to be the leverage they need to make a lot more money.
0: Absolutely. So I want to take you back to the IBM days. So you yeah. work on a job and then you suddenly, I guess, suddenly get fired Um, I
1: get fired from IBM. I quit, but I got fired from when I quit IBM. I went to go work for one of my clients because, you know, at IBM, after 10 years, I came across a boss where he used to have sales contests where first prize was lunch with him. And I'm thinking like, what's second prize? Two lunches with you. So I decided (laughs) to leave there and become more entrepreneurial with one of my clients. But then a year later, you know, he fired me. And so then I went my own entrepreneurial journey. So, you know, that's of the way it, way it happened.
0: So they always say that you quit your boss, not your job. So yeah. that's what happened to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, that's really true because, you know, people want to be with people they love and they care about. And if you think your boss is incompetent, then why do you want to stay there? And it was funny because th- this this gentleman, we can call him George, my, my former boss, well, we can call him George DeRoe. I actually <laughs> saw him 25 years later and he was exactly the same, right? I mean, he you know, that hadn't changed. So, you know, it just wasn't a fit, but I love my 10 years at IBM. It was a great experience. They taught me a lot. I was fortunate enough that they taught me how to be a manager and a leader. And I think that's a big problem for a lot of small business owner entrepreneurs today is they're really good at the business, but they have no idea how to manage and lead people. When I was at IBM, when they, I became a manager, They sent me away for a month to go to management charm school so they could teach me how to be a manager.
0: And we had all these role plays. Small business owners, Tom, don't get any of that. Right, yeah, as a small business owner, you're on an island by yourself. There's really no one to talk to. It's a little bit different though in franchising, I have to say, Mm -hmm. in that you you have your other franchisees to lean on, let alone the corporate office. But a lot of times you get the most help from fellow franchisees, which I would have to say you know, humbly is, is one of the best reasons to be in franchising is because you have all that help. Right. But then there's there's folks like you that come in from the outside, look in, examine a business, and see things that are in plain sight but never in plain sight to the business owner. Right. Because uh, like you said, they're inside the bottle not reading the label, which I right. love that analogy. And I, The reason I want to bring up the IBM thing is that there's a lot of people that are listening that are working for a boss and then they decide we're not, you know, I'm not gonna leave. You know, they're, they're choosing like unhappiness instead of uncertainty, which actually is where magic happens. So you gotta have the impetus or the chutzpah to make that move. Right. What, what finally gave you that, you know, hey man, I, is there like a defining moment where you're like, screw this, I gotta get out?
1: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, people only change when they're in an incredible amount of pain, right? or they'll just keep going. Because sometimes if they say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. I actually had started a side business or that we now call a side hustle when I was at IBM because I had read a book about entrepreneurship that really inspired me. So I got together with my best friend, his wife, my girlfriend at the time who ended up becoming my wife to start a business, right? that only lasted a couple of years. We went out of business, but it really started inspiring me in what I could do on uh, really on my own. And then my client who was an entrepreneur, he wanted me to come over and be part of his entrepreneurial adventure. So that gave me the, that combined with not wanting to work for my boss anymore. Those two, those things together really gave me the courage to leave. Yeah. I mean but, again, it's not Tom, it's not for everybody. I mean I think that a lot of people say, well, you know, I should come an entrepreneur because I should become my own boss. I say that if I could hold a real job, Tom, I would. But I can't. That's
0: why I'm an entrepreneur, a small business owner. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. What, what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice really, actually really is
1: twofold. One is that business is basically about people. It's not as important as what business you're in. It's who you're doing that business with. I had, as I said, I was kicked out of business by new partners. I didn't really know these guys, but then I went into a business of selling technical software, which I didn't know anything about, but I went into business with a, a guy I, who was a friend, the husband of a friend of mine from college, and we really grooved together. And that really makes a difference. Who you're with is really important. The second thing is that business is not really about profits. It's about cash flow. You could have profits on a piece of paper, but if you have no cash in the bank, that's what makes your business grow. That's what makes you be able to draw money out and support yourself is the cash flow and
0: understanding the difference is really key. It it is a big difference. And I think a lot of people get hurt, even in franchising where you know, I remember myself in my first franchise, which was a smoothie franchise, I was cash rich, but uh, at the beginning I was working out of a out of a shoebox because I wasn't uh, an entrepreneur. I didn't know how to do the numbers really. Right. And I thought I was making a lot of money. And then when somebody sat me down to do the numbers, I realized I wasn't making as much as I thought. Uh, right. In that first cause, year, because what's
1: going on in your head is not always what's on paper. And listen, this happened to me. I had in, in the in the mid '80s, I got an MBA in finance and marketing from Northwestern University. When I sold my business in 1999, I still couldn't read a balance sheet, and as a result, they chopped a million dollars off the price of the balance sheet because I had made some bad assumptions. So this was personal to me. And if me having an MBA in finance and marketing from one of the leading business schools could do it. Small business owners, they're never taught this kind of stuff. And, and I have to tell you, Tom, accountants don't help teach them this because I believe too many of them want to
0: kind of keep them stupid in this area so they can secure their job. <laughs> Interesting point. And there might, there might be something to that. But I, I feel that, you know, if you ever read, I'm sure you read The E Myth by Michael Gerber. And that's what he talks about, right? The, the average business owner is someone who's a great technician at whatever they do and they decide to open up a business but know nothing about business. Right. And that's where somebody like you is totally it's invaluable. It, it's crazy not to have a business coach, especially somebody like you with that experience that could really help move the business to the next level. Otherwise, you're just treading water forever if you last.
1: It's good, Tom. You know, I mean, it's what small business owners say is the most important thing to have in their business is a mentor, whether it's paid or unpaid, but someone you can talk to because you don't know everything you're inside and it is lonely. It's good to be able to bounce those decisions off of someone to see what the right perspective is. I was with a client the other day and I knew nothing about his business, but because I didn't know anything about his business, I could bring a fresh perspective to what's going on because we have so many assumptions, especially if we've been in that business doing the same way
0: for a very long time. Long time. Yeah, no, amen to that. Can you share one personal business habit that you employ to be successful in business?
1: Sure, I, I think that productivity is a huge problem these days because people say that they don't have enough time to get everything done, and to me, that's a lie. You've got plenty of time, you just don't implement the focus. And the attention in order to get that done. So what I do is the night before I always say, what are the one or two things that I need to get done to make sure that tomorrow is successful? And I do those things first before I log on to email or social media or get involved in anything else. And I know that once I do those two things, the day will be successful because once I get out to email or phone calls, the day gets away from you and you're not going to get the things done that are important and critical to your business. So you got to employ ruthless prioritization. A to-do list just
0: doesn't cut it. That is a really great nugget for anyone who's listening in business, franchised or not, that is it. They say that if you own the first hour of your day, you own the day. Nice. And That's exactly it. I love that. I've never heard that before. I didn't make it up, unfortunately. Oh, I thought I heard it here from Tom Skarta. I wish. Damn. No, I think it was actually Darren Hardy, who um, uh, used to be the publisher at Success Magazine. But wait, maybe he doesn't know. So yeah, let's just, I'll, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> well, I heard it from Tom Scarda
0: first. So that's all that matters when I repeat the story. <laughs> I appreciate that. What, what is really one myth about you know, your industry that you would like to bust right here, right now?
1: I think one of the myths is that anybody can help you in your business. I think, you know, a lot of people that come and they say that they are a coach, right? They say they're going to help you. But for me, the reason that I'm able to help people is that I was you. I am you. Whatever you were going through, I went through my own, I went through myself, right? Right. You don't know how to keep your pipeline full. I did that. You're having problems with your employees. You don't know who to hire. I did that, right? You're having problems with cash flow because it's keeping you up at night. I did that. So I've been through those things. And unfortunately, I've had to learn the painful lessons. So maybe I can help you now not make the same mistake
0: more than once. Yeah, well, there you go. And, and I'm kind of doing the same, same thing on the franchise side. Best practices. I, I was very successful in my first franchise, sold it semi-retired at 41 years old, bought a second franchise, failed and lost almost everything I had. And that's what made me a franchise expert. Right. First, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I try to teach people to not do what I did on the second one. Right, exactly. And that's not, that's very common
1: because when you have that initial success, you almost think that you're bulletproof, right? You're King Midas and you can do anything. But unfortunately, sometimes it just gets you lazy and it gets you too overconfident, sets you up
0: for failure the second time. You know, that's what happened. I, I thought, you know, I could walk on water after I sold that first one. Thought I could do anything. I didn't ask for any advice. I did And that's talk- a
1: problem because that's only been done once, Tom, walk on water. So, you know, no one else
0: can do it. I know, but I, I wear flip-flops like Jesus. <laughs> so I thought I could do it, and it didn't work out. <laughs> but um, I think it's really important to, to talk to somebody. When you're going into business, even – a franchise if you're just thinking about oh i, I love to bake cakes i'm going to be a baker there's a lot to know than just baking cakes when you're starting a business uh, like a bakery
1: right i mean baking the cake is the service or product you provide there's so many things around it right how do i bring customers in how do i hire people how do i manage people how do i you know pay all my bills there's just there's just how do i make the experience of getting cakes wow so customers keep coming back there's just so much more to it than just the core product or service.
0: That's, that's, the, that's, that's the challenge that small business owners face. Yeah, there's no question about it. Speaking my language there, Barry. So are there any tech hacks that you use in your business that, that you can share? Sure,
1: well, I'll give you one non-tech hack. The way that I help the focus is I actually have this little sticky note. I don't know if you can see it. It says focus that I put right. on my, my monitor. So when I'm not focusing, I look at the sticky note and I go, focus, focus, focus. It's like an interruption it interrupts the pattern, right? Because we all, you know, we don't get distractions. We actually go looking for those kinds of uh, distractions. So that's my one, one non-tech focus. I also have a lock screen on my phone that says, it's locked for a reason, stupid. Or sometimes I'll put rubber bands around my phone just so I can't open it up. So I'm trying to help me help myself because of course, Jerry Maguire is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But that's my probably non-tech type of thing. The other thing, the best tech thing for me is I use a CRM because I'm not that smart to really remember when I'm supposed to do something. What happened the last time when I talked to the last customer because people contact me all the time. So I think having a CRM that you use in your business
0: is just so important. I agree. I've been in this franchise consulting gig for 14 years, but just last year invested in HubSpot and as a CRM and it has yeah, changed my right. life. That's great, yeah. It's, really? uh, yes.
1: I think it's important because it becomes the brains of your business and you can become a lot smarter. Like people email me back, go, I can't believe you remembered. And I'm thinking to myself,
0: I didn't remember, it's the computer. Right, yeah, and I can't live without it now and it works so well, but it does so many things for me with automated emails. I mean, it for sure. takes time right it takes time to build it up and make it work but then it saves you hundreds if not thousands of hours down the road right because remember it's automated marketing and the only
1: way that we keep our pipeline full is to constantly do marketing and especially if you're a solopreneur you can't be doing the marketing when you're doing the work so this does it for you
0: yeah aside from your six illustrious books are there any other books that you would recommend to an entrepreneur
1: Well, first of all, I love everything that Seth Godin has written on marketing. I highly recommend you sign up for his daily email because it's usually a short uh, words of wisdom, which are fantastic. The other one is that uh, I've loved for a long time, Tim Sanders, Love is the Killer App, because again business is really about relationships with people, right? And now even business with customers are about that. You know, Tom, people no longer want to just buy your stuff, right? They want to have an experience with your company. And I think so many times that goes for franchises where you might be selling some kind of commodity. They want to have a seemingly personal relationship with your business and they want to have a wow experience. That's what they're going to come back for. And that's what they're going to talk about on the internet and social media or the reviews.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you for that. And um, we're going to put that on the franchiseacademy.com, those recommendations. So that was very, very cool. Seth Godin is genius, man. I could just read his stuff all day long.
1: Yeah, he's been very kind to me. He's been on my radio show three or four times, and he's always got some
0: great wisdom. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. I didn't know that uh, you knew him like that. Very nice.
1: I don't know him, but he's blurbed some of my books and things like that, and we've met a couple times in person, so uh, it's been good. In fact, one of my really close friends
0: actually grew up with him in Buffalo, New York, so that was kind of a cool connection. Oh, wow. Very cool. So what's a piece of parting advice that you could uh, give to the listeners right here?
1: Well, one of my things I say at the, en- at the end of uh, my one of my, uh, of my radio show, it's one of my favorite quotes, is, Love everyone, trust a few but paddle your own canoe. So I think it's important to be open to bring other people near severe, but trust really needs to be earned. And then ultimately you can't depend on others for your success. You really got to go after it. So say it again. I love, love that. everyone. Trust a few, but paddle your own canoe. Paddle your own canoe. Right? And that's, on the, if you want to remember that paddle your own canoe is on a lot of different water bottles and things like that. You can find it all over the net. I
0: love that. That's really great.
1: So, how could people get in touch with you, Barry? Well, of course, they can go to my website, which is www.barrymolts.com, or you can find the Small Business Radio Show online on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker. Any place you can hear podcasts, it's there. So please download, subscribe, listen. We've always got some really interesting guests. Last week, we had the father of modern marketing, uh, Professor Kotler on, who actually has a new book out talking about the common good as uh, political governments are are moving away from trying to provide social good for all their citizens. Now, corporations are stepping in and getting involved in all sorts of different causes as customers want them to take a stand on things. Wow. And what's, what's that book again? His book is called Common Good Common Good by Dr. Phil Kotler. He's the one that wrote The Principles of Modern Marketing, which every business school used to teach marketing. He was the one that talked about the four P's, right? Profit, place, product, and there's another P, which I can never remember. Well, there's always the people part. People. But- All right. There you go. You remember.
0: See, we're make a good team. That's why I'm going to hire you to help me. There you go. I, I need your help, but I want to thank you for being on the uh, Franchise Academy podcast. Really, a lot of words of wisdom here, Barry, so we're going to uh, dig in and get you back and do some more. Thanks so much, Tom, and thanks for all the work you do helping franchisees. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Skarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.